0: Hey guys, it's Montal here and thanks so much for tuning in to another and I think this is a special edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. And today we're gonna have an opportunity to talk to two really exceptionally inspiring women who have made it their life's work to make sure that they do what our theme here is at the living or, or let's be blunt with Montal. Our theme is to make sure we educate you on everything and anything cannabis so that It'll help you make a better decision and a better choice when some of you venture into dispensaries or try to venture into this space, at least you will be equipped with more information to make a good decision for yourself and your family. And our two guests today have done just that. They've made really good decisions for their family. Please welcome our the, the founders of Whole Plant Access for Autism, co-founders Rhonda Moeller and Jenny Mai. Thanks so much, ladies, for being here with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. No, no, thank you. And I think, you know, I I said this was a decision that was really born out of necessity for your families. Rhonda, why don't you explain to me, you're a mother of two, uh, one of which your daughter is on the spectrum. And after using traditional lines of, of treatment for your daughter, you made a choice to seek out cannabis. Why?
1: Well, we had been doing um, therapies for her. That's, we didn't want to go the pharmaceutical route. Um, I, just, I didn't want to do that for her. She was still pretty young. And so we were doing the therapies, and that they were working somewhat, but it just wasn't enough. And when she began kindergarten, um, it, we could clearly see that she just needed more help. And we were in California, I was on a a social media page for autism and someone mentioned that they use cannabis for their child and at the time it was legal if you got a recommendation here in California for a child with autism. So I began looking into it and I was kind of just blown away with what I found. And I made my appointment pretty much um, within a couple days of that initial discovery.
0: Hey, I mean when we say you know you were blown away by what you found but before that you had not even looked at cannabis as an option What made you start looking in and researching and, and I mean the first time you went up online and said hmm Let me see if this cannabis stuff works. Where did that come from?
1: Well, it, it came from um, Again, the need we needed to do something more she started kindergarten. She was um, having some issues with aggression, and again, the therapies that we were doing they just weren't working um to 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 uh, calm those behaviors down so I didn't want to do the pharmaceuticals um someone suggested cannabis, and yeah, I never even thought of it i never i was always very anti cannabis I never touched it in the thirty five years at that point when i was thirty five years old I had never touched it, never wanted to touch it. I was a firm believer in everything I was told and when I started looking at the research, um, the articles that I was finding online um, and reading through the publications and the science, I was kind of astounded at the, what I found and, and to the benefits, the possible benefits of this plant. And you know, I, I looked into what it could do for autism. I, at the time, there was only a few videos out there, a few blogs, people posting their stories on their websites. And I read through all that I could find, and it seemed like a good option. And it seemed to be helping families. And I was like, okay, well, I can give this a shot. I can give it a try. And so we went for it.
0: And, Jenny, that's pretty much the same thing that happened with you, right? Why don't you explain your experience? Um,
2: Well, we, we actually did go the pharmaceutical route. I have um, three sons who all have autism, they're all over the spectrum, um, from, uh, you know, just, I guess what you would categorize as sort of an Asperger's, or some people call it higher functioning, and I have one kind of in the middle of the spectrum, and I have one um, who's more at the quite severe end of the spectrum, and um, that is Nate. He is my middle son. Um, He actually started on pharmaceuticals when he was five years old. we're from Wisconsin. You know, there's really no medical program there. Um, anything that I knew about cannabis was just the whole, you know, reefer madness. It's weed. It's not medicine. It's um, lazy stoners use it, and that's that was pretty much what I was conditioned to believe. And um, by the time that I had come across uh, one single Video of a child using um, some kind of cannabis oil, and I, I don't remember at this time if it was CBD or if it was um, THC oil. I, I think it was THC. Um, but Nate already had a very long history of um, tons of different medications, everything from heavy doses of uh, benzodiazepines to mood stabilizers, antipsychotics. Um, you know, he he had been um, through the gamut. Yeah, he he had been through everything, and we were running out of options. I mean, he he was extremely violent to other people. He was extremely self-injurious, um, and I saw this clip, and this little boy who was um, hurting himself very very badly. Um, he just immediately calmed down, and and I I couldn't believe it. And we basically packed up our family and we moved. Um, we were living in Missouri at the time for a couple of years, but we moved from Missouri to California based on one video and basically just a hope that it would um, help him. Um, I We we had no other options. We had no other resources. And, you know, I, I wasn't really excited to have my then 19-year-old child or adult child spending his life just under chemical restraints. That just, that was not an option.
0: Mm-hmm. And and once you moved to California and to a state that it was legal to be able to get a card to, to actually treat a child this way, what were the results that you saw? Were they immediate? Or I mean, this was something that you literally attempted to navigate first on your own, correct?
2: Yeah, I, I had no support. You know, I, I knew nothing at all about any of the terminology. Um I went to a dispensary, and I actually had Nate with me, Um and the the girl who was trying to help me at the counter was sort of lost and actually the, the security guard was able to offer me a couple of suggestions <laughs> um mm-hmm. but but that's that's just how little i i knew and um they gave me a few edibles and um a, a vape cartridge and battery and i had him vape and literally within like the first hour or two i could see that there was a change you know he he was making eye contact. He just looked very happy. I mean, he he didn't look stoned giggly. He just looked calm and relaxed and present. And, you know, by the third day he he was kind of a completely different person. I mean he's he's nonverbal. He's not really able to communicate different things with me, but he just he was smiling and I took a picture of him and it was not sort of like that whole vacant autism look that a lot of our families tend to catch on film. Um, it was a real smile. It was a real presence. And we haven't looked back. Um, and within about seven months, we were able to remove all 18 pills that he was taking every single day. Um, and now he's been strictly on cannabis since January of 2016.
0: Wow, and how did the two of you meet? Either one of you can tell me. How did the two of you uh, reach out and get contact with each other?
1: Um, well, this is Rhonda. Um, we met through social media. She actually, Jenny lives uh, maybe about half an hour from me. We met in a, in a local autism group on on Facebook, and she was talking about using cannabis for her son. I was just starting. Um, she started, I think, a few weeks before I did, um, and I was just starting the process and you know, I basically, uh, just like Jenny, I knew beyond the research, I knew nothing um, beyond the, the articles I'd read and, and basic research I'd done. I didn't know about the oils and the indicas and all the different strains. And, you know, I, there's so much to learn. And so when she was saying that she used it for her child, I was, I kind of just clung on to her. <laughs> I just needed help. So I, you know, we kind of joined it to forces and um that's how we met on on, on social media.
0: And what's your background, uh Rada? What is your background in? Uh my degree is in biochemistry. Mm-hmm. And so and, you started um, applying those that applying the, the things that you had learned from studying biochemistry to start studying this plant, correct? Yeah, well, it just was so
1: intriguing to me again, all the research that I was finding and the fact that, you know, I'd been through, um, you know, undergrad, I'd been through courses in grad school and no, I had never learned about the endocannabinoid system. I never knew that we had one. I'd taken many biology classes, many, you know, classes on human anatomy. I've never heard of this whole system that we have in our body. And yet here it was in all these research articles. And so, it just blew my mind that this was something that's just not taught. And I I had no clue about it. Um, so, yeah, I I decided to, you know, keep researching it. And as I found things that were interesting, um, Jenny and I at this point had started a little support group. I was just posting information. I was, you know, I was given families that were trying to learn, like we were trying to learn, you know, here's some in- interesting information about in the cannabinoid system and you know, our receptors and how we make our own endocannabinoids in our own body, and a lot of times a lot of these issues that we're seeing, a lot of these illnesses are related to some sort of deficiency in our own endocannabinoids, and you can fix that deficiency by just supplementing with this plant form. So, you know, we just started educating and providing that information for families, and it kind of snowballed
0: in, from a very small local group to a, a very it's large... Grown over, well, it's grown to over 20,000 people around the world, 99 different countries, where people are coming together and sharing information, both anecdotal and, and information that is information about their own families to help yeah. spread the word, correct? Yeah, and it's it's so amazing to see the people that
1: post their stories and, um, you know, tell us about their, uh, their child, and then they try cannabis, and then we see, you know, them just oftentimes in, you know, through their posts, we see that, you know, they're basically crying and, and we cry too, because they're just so, they're so dang happy that they found this, you know, th- this thing, this plant to help their child. And it, it's just an amazing thing to see. And, um, you know, a lot of the time, these families, they don't want to post this stuff on the regular Facebook group feed because it's, you know, they live in an area where it may not be the most accepted thing to do. But, you know, it's, it's that we, our group is there for them to support them and to give them the knowledge and to help them along, and we see so many positive things that happen with this plant that it's, it's kind of kept pushing me and Jenny along because we, we have to keep going, we have to keep educating, we have to keep showing them how this plant can be helpful.
0: Well, as much as you say that, and I'm, I'm, this is not a aspersion; it's just a question. You know, you said you started this organization in 2016. It's 2019 now, and you still hear, I'm sure the both of you hear, you know, statements made on television and in the media that, you know, everybody who talks about cannabis is full of, you know, a bunch of you-know-what, and that, you know, there's no truth and there's no research and there's no science, yet you yourself have found, what, thousands of articles online that have been peer-reviewed, published about cannabis. And we're not making the headway I think we should be making about this. How do you feel about that? Um, Well, that's depressing, (laughs) to be honest. Um, And I, you know, I
1: get email alerts when new publications come out. And every couple of days I get an alert and there's 10 or 11 papers that have been published, peer reviewed, you know, studied on cannabis. And you read through these papers and it's it's. It blows my mind again. Like you said, that we're still seeing, you know, warnings like the other day from the the, the Surgeon General and how cannabis is not good. And um, it, it, but they don't they don't look at the actual research. They're not looking at at the actual stuff that's coming out of these universities and these, you know, the, Israel is a great place. We're doing a lot
0: of research over there. And They're the fact not, that that is a lot of people don't know that a lot of the research that was done in Israel was funded in by the United States of America. Twenty years ago, there was funding that was provided by the U.S. to Israel. As a matter of fact, you know uh, Dr. Mechoulam, who is considered you know the godfather of cannabis, um, literally received several, a lot of the money that he used in research in Israel from the United States government, and received NIDA's highest award, what about six or seven years ago, for mm-hmm. the research he did in helping to discover the endocannabinoid system and some of the individual cannabinoids that he's been identifying, you know, on a regular basis and a lot of people don't know that. Is it not frustrating to you, Jenny, I'm going to ask you that. I mean, is it it not frustrating to you that, you know, as you can show clear evidence, even though some would say it's anecdotal when you're pointing to your own child, but you're showing clear evidence that this being one of the, the only thing that you have been utilizing to help change your child's behavior, it works. That's got to be frustrating to you. It is so incredibly frustrating.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I don't, um, it, it's frustrating and it's kind of a, a slap in the face when, when people just repeatedly say it, it doesn't work. It, you know, there, there, there's no research, there's no proof. Well, my son, four years later, is living, working around proof. I mean, the, this plant is doing more for him and, um, subsequently for our entire family that all of those legal drugs just could not do. We we, we couldn't do um, family outings. We you know, he, he was kicked out of his high school. He was kicked out of adult day programs. Um, I had to fear every single time we went out to the grocery store if he would just suddenly just Go full speed ahead into an elderly person and seriously injure them. You know, I I don't have to worry about that anymore. And you know, we we get um, the families coming in and into our group, and they're saying, "Well, you know, I'm I'm not sure about this, and and my family thinks I'm crazy, and, and they're against it." And we actually ourselves do try um, to help a little bit with some of that. Um, the the data. I mean, we we collect um, a, a pretty decent amount of anecdotal, self-reported data from our group, and, and that's Rhonda's thing with with her science background. But um, even though it's not peer-reviewed at this point, you know, it, it's still data. It's still statistics. It's still showing that there are, in, are improvements in several different areas, and it involves more than just CBD, which I know the government likes to argue is being more medicinal because they went to the whole Epidiolex thing for epilepsy. And
0: and they also, you know, I think the government is is, is so full of it in the sense that, you know, (laughs) this is a government that owns the patent on CBD. So let's recognize why they support CBD. They issued themselves a patent close to 16 years ago on CBD. And if you look at the patent, and anybody listening right now can tune in and, and look it up. U.S. patent on CBD. It'll show in one little spot on that patent, something called the extract, what the U.S. government claims CBD does. But they also discuss the fact that all cannabinoids have a, you know, entourage effect, which they got from Dr. Mashulam, who they were studying and paying to study this. They got mm-hmm. that information from him. And understood that there's better medicinal uh, effect to cannabis and cannabinoids than has ever been, you know, really acknowledged. Now, let me just say again, for those that are listening and tuning in, you know, we're not trying to say to you that we are 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 providing information that has been double-blind studied and uh, we have information that, you know, for fact, does X, Y, or Z? What we are saying to you is that here are families who have tried an alternative, an alternative medication, and that alternative medication for them and their family experience has worked in certain areas. Ron, I want you to tell us a little bit. Now, you know, again, people trying to navigate the space, they have no idea where to begin. And You know if you were to suggest to a a person who was reaching out to you on your website and saying you know what do I do when I go to a dispensary what do I get do I get whole leaf product and have my child smoke it do I get tinctures do I get gummies do I get chocolates what do I get what would you say to them Um,
1: well what we suggest people do is to use uh, the, the oils the sublingual oils because those are easier to work with or easier to dose Um, There are some kids that do need to vape, like Jenny's son. If they're older and they can vape, um, vaping is a great option for some kids, especially if they need immediate release because vaping, as you may know,
0: Takes effect within a few minutes versus the oils, which can take about an hour. Or so, to take And that's effect. because of the receptors that vaping actually the the chemicals are picked up through. When you eat something, edibles actually have to be processed through the liver and take a little mm-hmm. bit more time for them to enter the bloodstream. So, people need to understand mm-hmm. the difference between that. But go right ahead.
1: Yep. And so, you know, it depends on what they're looking for. So, if they're younger, you know, we have some kiddos that are three, four, five years old. Obviously, you know, they probably can't vape. Yeah. Um, so, you know, getting an oil is the best bet for them. And then getting two different oils. We always recommend to get two different oils. A high CBD oil and like a high THC oil, especially if you're in a legal state. And then you, what you do after you get your card, of course, a recommendation. Um, what you do is then you, you have to start with the CBD and then start working with the two oils, playing with the ratio of the CBD to THC and then find the ratio of the two that work best for your child. And it it varies for everybody. So we have families that use high CBD and pretty much hardly any THC. And then we have families that use mostly THC with no CBD. And really it's just a matter of playing with those two different oils or those two different um, cannabinoids and just finding where it works best for your child.
0: And and some families out there may find that a broader spectrum of cannabinoids may work, right? I mean, if they have mm-hmm. a product that has, you know, CBG, CBN, you know, THCA, THCV, those things in it also may also help. But again, it's up to the individual to figure out the titration level that their child needs, right?
1: That's correct, and we always recommend a full spectrum oil. We we don't believe in isolates or using something that's just one cannabinoid and there's nothing else in there. We're big believers in the entourage effect where all of the different cannabinoids and all the different terpenes and all of the parts plants are working together to make it more effective. So we always recommend that they find a full-spectrum oil that has a little bit of, even if it's a high CBD oil, has a little bit of THC, has a little bit of these other cannabinoids. Um, And then we have some families that use CBG.
0: We have a full-spectrum CBG that we love and we have families that use that one and we have some And just so people that... understand CBG is is one of the cannabinoids that's found in the marijuana sativa plant that is there and prevalent up to the first 6 weeks but the second the plant starts to flower CBG is what actually turns into THC, THCA, CBD, CBDV. So as you as the plant grows and matures, the more THC and CBD it has in the plant, the lesser amount of CBG is found. So there what ends up happening is you know, right now, especially right now, and and a lot of you know formulators are starting to figure this out that uh, you know people are doing extractions where they are isolating the CBG before it transitions over. Yeah, and there's actually uh, th-
1: there is one strain that has been um, found and they're growing up in Oregon that is actually it does not have the enzyme that converts it over to THCA or CBDA, and right. so it just makes CBG even when it's fully flowering, and they're using that one to make some of these full-spectrum CBG oils, and those are working really well for a lot of our families. And then we have families that use the raw cannabinoids, the ones that aren't heated, the ones that are in their raw form, the THCAs, the CBDAs, and those are really good per the research for things like inflammation and, and stuff like that. And we do have, with autism, there tends to be a lot of inflammation going on. So those raw cannabinoids, some families, those are the ones that work the best. So it really just, it's a matter of finding what works,
0: and how has your daughter been doing now that she's been on this kind of a regimen?
1: Well, she's been on it for almost three and a half, almost four years now. And she is she has graduated out of um, all of her therapies except for one. Um, so behavioral, her occupational, um, some other therapies. She's graduated out of within the first year of starting cannabis. And she's also, she went from a, a class for children with autism In her school, she's now been pushed into the mainstream general education class, and she is doing really, really well in there. And I don't think she would have been able to do that if she was still aggressive, if she was still having issues, if she was, you know, not able to function in that kind of environment, but she's able to do that now. And I chalk it up all to cannabis. That's basically the only thing
0: we've used with her. Right. And Jenny, how about your son? You said that he's, he is now functioning and he, live, he lives at home, right? He does. Yes, he um,
2: he does live at home. Um, he's uh, uh, Not in a position where he's probably ever going to live independent um, from assistance. So he he does live at home, and, and there was really um, an imminent danger of him having to live in some sort of an institutional setting before. Um, before we started on cannabis, just because of his extreme behavior. So now, you know, he's he's home. Um, we're we're not afraid of him every day. He's not destructive. He's not hurting himself. He's not hurting other people. Um, he does go to a day program, uh, which he loves. You know, he he really does very well with consistency. So I guess it's kind of like going to school. You know, he he's with his peers. Um, and then he comes home and we're able to go out and do things on the weekend. We're able to just kind of hang out at home together in the evenings, And, um, it's, it's nice, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to spend time with him and and not fear him or what he might do to himself or what he might do to other people. And, um, it's just, it's really helped not just him as a patient, but really our entire family.
0: Okay, right now, okay, you're, you're 20,000 strong right now, and, and I know you want to be able to grow this organization. So, would one of you please give people right now a website that they could go up on so they could get more information? Sure, it's um, WPA, the
1: number four, A.org. That is our website that you can find us at. We're also on social media. Our support group is on Facebook. Uh, whole plant access for autism support group. Um, we have a public page as well where we put up research that we find, um, you know, also information of, of things that we're doing, events, stuff like that. Um, we're also on Instagram, um, we're starting to get onto Twitter. Um, so we're, we're we're reaching out, we're trying to, you know, make sure that everyone knows we're here and we're not going anywhere.
0: I know you know, one of the things that I think could be should be very clear to everybody who's tuned in and listening right now is that, you know, you are a repository, a place where people can go, not as a last resort, but when they need to get information. And, and information is king. We know that for a fact. No matter what your issues are in life, information is king. And this is one of the things I should say king or queen, but it's it's paramount to have as much information as you can get. And I applaud the two of you for teaming up to make sure that People who are in a similar situation have somewhere to go. Thank you. No, yeah, absolutely. It's,
2: you know, um, we we do our best to educate. You know, we're, we're we do educate. We offer support. We're just kind of a big family. Sometimes it's a little dysfunctional because of the different things that we all have to go through. Um, but you know, we we really do value the science behind cannabis and. What, it, how it can help our kids. I mean, that, that's all that a parent wants is to just help their children. And we just want them to be healthy and, and happy and as successful as they can be. And, um, you know, it, it's just, um, I don't know. Well, you know, when, when,
0: when, when that's the goal, it must be frustrating. And why don't you talk a little bit and make sure everybody out there understands that this is, even though you are a nonprofit and you're an organization that's just trying to help, you get hit with roadblocks do you not I mean talk a little bit about how difficult it is to to even get garner funding for your organization
1: oh my goodness Yeah, we can't yeah. even get grants we can't <laughs> uh, because it's federally illegal substance we can't apply for any of the grants that most nonprofits can apply for we can't um, you know we can we barely we, we're we're associated with the cannabis industry and the cannabis industry as a whole has an issue with banking. banking so banks don't want to work with us, and because even though we don't sell a product, we don't sell anything related to the plant. We don't sell CBD or THC. We just sell knowledge, and just because of that, we have had issues with credit card processors and finding banks, and it's it's just insane out there. And I know that there's some hopefully there's some regulations going through Congress, and maybe that'll change, but Right now, it's just a mess. It's just a mess, and we're just like I said. We're just trying to give people information, and we're still considered part of this industry, and we still have the same issues that everybody else has. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And you know, it's it's, we are a five hundred one c three where you know
2: the the IRS recognizes us as a public charity. we have the same status as many other extremely well-known public charities out there that I'm not going to name, but, you know, they're all over the world. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like Rhonda said. I I go through to uh, try to apply for grants or try to apply for funding, and there's stipulations where you can't do anything that's federally illegal. You can't do anything um, that involves alternative or holistic
0: but remember, that sounds so crazy when you say you can't do anything that's illegal. All you're doing is providing information, right? Right. So why is still affiliated?
2: Yeah, right. we're we're still affiliated with you know the the big bad devils lettuce out there, I guess. But
0: right.
2: um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it's it's frustrating, you know. So we um, most of our funding comes from private donors. Um, a lot of our families. Do try to throw as much support behind us as they can, and um we do have some program materials that you know we're we're able to 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 charge service fees for um but that's about it you know we're um yeah it's it's not an easy as easy of a process as I think we thought it would be when we first came up with a plan to make a non profit for our families.
0: Well, you know, for those that are listening, then why, don't, why don't you tell them, you know, you don't have to use people's names, but, but tell me a few, a few of those stories that are truly, you know, success stories. Talk a little bit about that so people understand the work that you're doing without giving out names so that, you know, you don't mm-hmm. get in trouble for that. But why don't you tell me a couple, give me a couple of examples, Rhonda, of people who have reached out to your organization and 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 found success.
1: Well, we have, like Jenny mentioned, we have families all over the world, um, so there's one particular family I just popped in my head because I was talking to him this morning. Um, he has a very high-functioning son, and he was um, his son was struggling um, in all types of areas. I believe he was on a few medications when he first found us. And he's over in um, towards the East Coast somewhere, and he needed help. And his son needed help. His son was older, a teenager, like I uh, said, high-functioning, but still had a lot of anxiety issues, still had um, just A lot of fear of going out and doing things in public. So he turned to us and we helped him along with finding help with CBD and finding the right products for him. And within a few months, um, I, I would say even a few weeks of him starting, he just was blown away by what it helped his son do. His son was a different child. He was able to work out with his son, do exercises. He was able to play board games with his son. He was able to take his kid out and they can do activities together. They were able to um, go hiking. Um, one of the things he told me when he first began was he really just wanted his son to give him a hug. And within a few months, I asked him, did your son give you a hug yet? And he, he said, yes. And I think wow. we were all crying. <laughs> wow. And that's kind of things that we, we see in our group. Um, we have another story of another little girl who, She's um, has autism and I think cerebral palsy, and she has this um, breathing tube that she has to have um, that's placed in her trachea. And she's only like three or four. She's a beautiful little girl, and she would get aggressive, and she would pull out the breathing tube. And her, you know, her family was really concerned that she needed this, this breathing tube, and they started using cannabis. And again, within a few weeks of using cannabis, uh, CBD and I think they're also using THC as well, her daughter was able to calm down. She was no longer pulling out the breathing tube. She was smiling, she was happy. She was just a different child. And that's the kind of things that we see all the time in our support group. We see all of these stories and every time I read one, I'm usually choking up back the tears because it's just, it's so impactful and they, they show the pictures of their small kid or even their older kid. And just tell us the story of how the, your child once couldn't even go outside. They couldn't go to the mall. They couldn't go to a movie. They couldn't go to a restaurant. And then they show a picture of the kid, you know, at the restaurant eating with them. And they're and he's smiling and they're able to relax and have a good time. And it's just, it's why we keep doing this, even mm-hmm. though it is kind of hard.
0: <laughs> and that's wpa 4 Inc. So anybody listening I'll say dot org sorry so w p a four a dot org anybody listening in you can go up on this website today, navigate around, take a look around, and you know if you you think that this is something that might be You know, effective for your family, for yourself. There's no reason for you to not get involved and reach out to help this organization. Ladies, I I can't tell you, I can't thank you enough for the work that you're doing. You're doing, you know, as they say, what is it, you're doing God's work. And, you know, there, unfortunately, were it not for you, there would be so many, there'd be 20,000 families out there who would have nowhere else to go. So, I'm so Glad that you're doing what you're doing. so glad that you're sharing that, especially here with Let's Be Blunt with and, and then we've had a pretty blunt conversation. People have to understand that, again, you know, uh, Jenny or, uh, Rhonda, neither are trying to say that they're doctors. They're not trying to prescribe anything for you. They're just yeah. trying to give you information about alternatives that are available. And when, you know, when we are out here navigating the, the medical space and landscape in this country, you know, a lot of times, you know, mainstream medicine poo-poos alternatives and, and why? Cause there's a dollar sign involved in this, folks. And, you know, people don't want to make, they don't want anybody to, to upset their little rocking boat, you know, and, and, it's time now that, uh, we start looking out for ourselves and looking in directions that may be considered alternative. But I will tell you, I think what's, what's your hope, ladies, for, you know, the future of your organization? you know what um, what's what's your hope
2: i I would love this to be able to become a first option for our families as as legally and freely available as all the other prescriptions and everything else out there all all the therapies everything you know it it should just be available as a tool in your tool bag um and right. I know when we did first start. And even, you know, just four years ago when, when we started working together on on this group, um, we really did tend to be the last resort. It, it was my last resort for my family. Um, a lot of the families that found us, it was also their very last. It was their Hail Mary. You know, we, we have run out of everything else. I guess we'll look at cannabis. Now, over time, as the conversation has finally been opening and as, as more states, have been adding autism to the qualifying condition, or just medical programs in general. Um, we are getting a lot more of those families who want to avoid going this route. You know, maybe they heard it from a teacher or a pediatrician saying, "I really think your, I really think your child needs to be medicated." Um, but now they're they're starting to do more research. They're starting to look at this as. Can we avoid that option and do something more natural? So that yes. that I think has been a big shift um that we've seen it's it's not entirely going that way but there are a whole lot more families who are looking at this route before pharmaceuticals and I think that's pretty amazing. Um, right. I certainly wish that was available for my family um you know 20 years ago when when Nate started on the pharmaceutical path but um you know it's um the the conversation is going in the the right direction i I feel um but we still have a very very long way to go before it is in a place where it can be done um
0: As a first safely step.
2: and openly and yeah absolutely
0: absolutely. I, I I I think that the two of you are going to help change the direction of the conversations in this country just by the work that you're doing, and I would beg for you to, to continue to do it. And let's make sure, again, that we know where we're looking. If you're listening in right now, go up on WPA4A.org. That's WPA4A.org. Org. And, you know, if you can lend some support, please, please lend some support to these ladies and help them get the information out into the hands of families that, you know, need it really badly and help them avoid some of the pitfalls of what has been the normal treatment protocols for this situation, and I can't say I'm out of time. But I got to thank you, ladies, so much for being a part of the show today. And I'd love to have you back. Sure. Um, and anytime you want to, you know, utilize us as a as a mouthpiece, please reach out. I'd love to have you on again. Okay? Thank,
1: thank you, you so much. Michael. Thank you. And thank no, you so for sure.
0: everything you do. Oh no, yeah. thank you, thank you. I mean, I think it's it's time that you know people. And again, you know, 100 disclosure. You know, I, I've suffered from MS for now mm-hmm. 20 years. Last year, a year ago year ago in a month or year ago in two months I had a major hemorrhagic stroke. That and the mm-hmm. type of stroke that I had normally kills half the people who have it. But, you know, I find that and I'm really hundred percent advocate. This is me talking, Montel, my experience, but I know that cannabis having been a part of my healthcare regimen for the last twenty years is part of the reason why I have done as well as I have done with MS. And also I think some of the neural protection that I've been able to get yeah. from utilizing cannabinoids is part of the reason why I've recovered as well as I have from my stroke. And nobody's gonna be able to argue that with me because, you know, mm-hmm. as I as I talk to doctors, no one can figure out how and why I'm doing as well as I'm doing. Well that's because I've been putting a cannabinoid product in my body every single day for the last twenty years. And there's no reason why, you know, we want to stop people from actually helping themselves. You know, I mean I think one of the things that's the biggest issue right now is healthcare in America, the cost of health care. Well, you know, had I been Normally treated for my illness without cannabinoids, I would be a strain of around a million to two million dollars a year. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, as a, a person of my age with MS. And I, you know, see a doctor once a year, you know, so I've cut back probably 90% of the funding that would go into taking care of a person like myself. So uh, that's me talking. That's not validated through a double-blind study. That's Montel talking. So I'm not sharing this information with you that are listening to make the give you some sort of a, a, a protocol for yourself, but I think this is something you should look into as an option. And I'm so glad that you guys have so much research up on your website so people can not only read and hear about spectrum disorders, but they're going to get residual information about other disorders that cannabis has shown an efficacy for. So thank you again, ladies, for being in this industry and in this movement, and let's hope that you know we continue to get breakthroughs.
1: Thank you, Thank you so much.